Today's episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast is brought to you by the Visual Identity Vault. The Visual Identity Vault is the official merchandise supplier for the greatest people you've never met. You can pick up the basics like t-shirts, hoodies, to headwear, and premium wear. The Visual Identity Vault is a full-service decorated apparel and marketing business located in my hometown of Fairmont, Minnesota. Shipping is included in all pricing, so we make it simple to order, pay, will produce, and ship. TVIV, a proud sponsor of the GPY and M Pod. All right, welcome in to another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Today's guests joining us from sunny Fargo, North Dakota, Mr. Troy Cody. Coach Cody, how you doing? Granny, uh, we are on a winter weather advisory, secretly crossing my fingers, hoping we get a little little extra wind tomorrow so we we might not uh, have school tomorrow. But no, life's good in Fargo, Benny. Not, uh, not Nothing like uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, but life's good in the north. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I was going to chop you up a little bit, see how much snow you thought you were going to get. Rumor has it uh, it's already been canceled in the Minneapolis Metro for the next two days, so they're ready. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you got mm-hmm. any? You got any say in that? If uh, if you got any school or uh, somewhere between negative one and one, the integer between negative and one and one. Benny just checking to see if I touch anything back in the day. Yeah, yep. that's that's how much say this cat okay. has on that call. Okay, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know how that worked for you. Um, so you're hoping for some wind, is what you're telling me. So we pray for wind tonight. Oh no, no. I do, to be to be uh, truthful, I don't. You know, not sure how many people view this and, and all, but no, I I'm not wishing and hoping for anything, right? Uh, yeah. But that's just whatever comes our way. We we uh, react just like uh, back in the football days, right? We can plan accordingly, but we gotta gotta read and react. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm so happy to have you on here. Um, one of the early listeners for sure i remember that that instagram message coming through you told me how much you enjoyed listening and gosh i just made my day and i guess for everybody before we get too far who doesn't know who coach troy cody is give them who is troy cody in your eyes oh man (laughs) gotta gotta keep this pg-13 no 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 (laughs) uh here's the deal benny uh people who don't know me uh i'm just an ordinary guy trying to do extraordinary things uh, to help bring out the best in other people. You know, uh, just a regular dude uh, trying to live with purpose uh, since the day I've been born. Um, so that when my time's called on this earth and the good Lord brings me back to my creator, people can look back on my life and say that I've left a, a pretty uh, solid positive impact on people. Uh, married to my wife, Michelle, uh, 31 years this July. I've got four uh, children. Uh, ranging from 28 to 18. So Michelle and I are just empty nesters, Benny. Love it. Uh, Isaac's, yeah, Isaac's at St. Thomas this year. So uh, so I've got four kids, three girls and a boy. And then uh, Michelle and I have been blessed. I got three grandkids. So life has moved on, uh, but certainly still the same kid at heart. And uh, yeah, and that's a little bit of a quick synopsis of who I am. I love it. No, uh, just a touch quick, you've had... Great impact on a lot of people. Uh, so don't ever think anything. Otherwise, you've reached that purpose for sure. And everything you do from here on out is just just extra extraordinary. So I appreciate you so much for being on here. Um, yeah, this is going to be a blast just to catch up with you. So first things first, uh, fun thing. You were the head coach at Fairmont High School uh, till after my freshman year, I believe, that you moved to Fargo. Uh, fast forward about... 15 years, I got a head coach job where you used to be a head coach. Um, We share that little, we share that little secret. I tell you, we share that little secret, man. I know. Uh, There's, yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And uh, hopefully I'll get the opportunity to share a little bit about my background, but certainly uh, you and I, fun fact, you and I were both the head football coaches uh, at, well, in my time, Benny, I'm not sure if they had converged, uh, verged a little bit more, but I was just Grenada 
Huntley East Chain. So I was G-H-E-C. I think maybe when you were there, uh, well, I, I take that back. Martin Luther, I, I we had some players from Martin Luther on our squad as well, too. Yeah. Which, uh, real, here's the deal. Secretly, it kind of ticked me off because of the story. We played nine-man, literally, Benny, mm-hmm. all year. And then, went, and then we had to jump into the freaking uh, 11-man playoffs. And yeah. so, uh, and so uh, that, that was kind of a little fun fact. So we had Martin Luther on our team as well, too. So, But I think there was a, maybe Medelia jumped in there or Truman back when you were the coach as well, too. Yeah, we had Truman. So, yeah, we were GECT. No ML, though. So we didn't have to go to 11-man. Uh, so that was nice. That was real okay. nice. Yeah, I've heard some great stories of your time there because I've gotten really close with people that you actually coached at Grenada. Uh, my cousin actually married Kyle Gustafson, and then I got to be real close with Ben Becker as well, and I yeah, coached yeah. his son Cole. So, Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, you, uh, ben Becker, uh, another fun fact, Ben Becker, one of the greatest natural peer athletes uh, I've ever coached in my tenure. And uh, the dude could just haul. You talk about giving the guy a lunch pail. Yeah. Uh, no lie. I bet you there was a time we played, uh, I think it was Leroy Ostrander. Uh, this would have been maybe a uh, fall of, uh, I'm just dating myself here. I think the fall of make, like maybe 96, 97 ish. I gave it to Ben 47 times in a game. Yeah. And it was because literally I had five offensive plays and three of them Ben touched it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait for him to hear this and just watch his head explode on us. Just ego. He'll be the first to tell you that he's a good player. Oh, I know. Yeah, he will. Uh, by the way, he's going into the uh, Minnesota West Hall of Fame. So shout out Ben Becker. On yeah, that's that's good stuff. You know, those are the stories uh, when we, you talk a little about who I am. Right, uh, I'm just a small Northeast Montana guy. Uh, I'm the ninth of ten kids uh, in Northeast Montana. I was born and raised on the Indian Reservation. Uh, my dad died when I was seven, and literally, uh, Benny, uh, my head football coach. Uh, Terry Thomas uh, came to Wolf Point my sophomore year, between my freshman and sophomore year, from the University of Montana. First, he took a teaching job, and 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 he played DB at University of Montana, and literally uh, just reengaged my life, made a difference in my life. Uh, I'm I quite honestly is is the reason why I went into coaching and and to teaching, and uh, so from Wolf Point, I went on to the University of Mary and played college football there uh, for four years years uh met my beautiful bride michelle we went out to southern uh, idaho uh, northern idaho in the panhandle up in the court lane area yeah i got my first teaching job there uh coached jv football for two years from uh 90 that would be 93 94 and then uh fall of 94 i got the head job at uh, grenada because i was just i tell you what I would have I would have taken a head football job if it sent me to Timbuktu. I mean, <laughs> I wanted to be a head football coach so bad, and then obviously God just called me to uh, Grenada, and uh, and so I was there for five years. And uh, hopefully, we'll share a few stories. But yeah, just loved my time there. Uh, really, just tugged on my heart. But uh, certainly, then uh, got called into the Fairmont area uh, in, in their job and whatnot, and. And so uh, certainly had just an impact on lots of kids, right? And that's just uh, really what what really I have been about yeah. and what I desire to do uh, continuously in my current role as a, as a high school principal now. So Yeah, absolutely. No, I do want to touch on that because I, I guess I didn't know that you, came, that you were teaching up in Idaho. So what was – I mean, how did you even find Grenada? I mean, what <laughs> – you know, yeah. So, uh, great, great story. Uh, so, uh, so I get a teaching degree uh, from the University of Mary in in Bismarck, and um, I'm like. Michelle, we got married in July of 92. Prior to that, like literally I'm like, I just, I want to, we, we wanted to experience a little bit. So I, I, I interviewed at Brandon, Minnesota and uh, St. Marie's, Idaho, which is kind of up in the panhandle in Coeur d'Alene. And uh, it was just a beautiful area. And I don't know if you've ever been up there, but maybe some of your viewers and listeners have, have been up there. It's just immaculate, right? Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Come on. Oh, I mean, yeah. And so uh, one of the coach, one of the coaches up there, there it was from the Dickinson area. So uh, this there was this little town that uh, 
St. Marie's and this principal uh, used to come back to the Midwest and grab a couple of, of coaches uh, just work and it just worked out. And so Michelle and I just wanted to explore, right? We were newlyweds. And so we went there for a couple of years. And again, like I said, I was the JV football coach and track coach and basketball coach and, you know, newlyweds, we just, you know, we explored life a little bit. And then from there, um, we had our first child, Mackenzie, our oldest was born in St. Marie's and, um, her mom and dad were living in Sioux Falls at the time and they wanted, we wanted to kind of get back to family. And, and, uh, and so uh, we then at that point in time started putting out some apps and whatnot. And uh, this little town of Grenada Huntley East chain, uh, it was actually in Grenada. Cause as you know, the high school's in Grenada. And then uh, I interviewed there and uh, literally taught, uh, I think six or seven math classes. Cause I was, I'm a math teacher uh, at heart and the head football job came up Terry Bentley was the head coach, also the AD. He stepped out of that coaching role, and him and John Bathke interviewed me. And, um, you know, I think I maybe brought a little energy to the interview uh, and and just told them I was uh, was on fire, man. I'm going to change this football program around, and uh, we're going to win, and we're going to just create great guys, and I'm going to pour into these young guys. And um, and, and so, yeah, and and then so the fall of – 94 is when I got the job. And so I was there for five years, 94 through 99. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, it's, uh, it's always kind of been fun to just kind of look at that path. And like you said, like that's a, you know, a little connection that we have. And that's always so cool being that I, you know, play for you. And then I went on to be a successor of you somewhere else is, is kind of neat. Um, what was your time in Grenada? Like, I mean, obviously it changed dramatically from the time when you were there to when I was there to doing the co-op with two high schools, it's a nightmare, man. I know people from there listen to this, and I'm not shy about it. I loved my time there and uh, had so much fun, but people are just so prideful in those small communities, and that sometimes, you know, pride gets in the way a little bit. But what was it like, I mean, when you were just the Mustangs? Because I was the Jags. We, you know, we had a logo change. Yeah, well, look, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, yeah, yeah, a quick story. Right, Benny, come on. Me, me and you. <laughs> Quick story. How long is this still? I mean, I have a little. uh, I love it. Voodoo Ranger too, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so I'm I I get the job, and um, literally, Benny, I roll in there thinking I'm rolling into Alabama, right? I mean, (laughs) this is this, and and I roll in there, and uh, the field uh, probably has, and I'm not exaggerating, I'm just saying eight to ten inches of uh, grass growing on it, okay? And so I'm like, okay, boy, we're uh, we're not in Kansas anymore, (laughs) Toto. And so... 94 to 99. So just a, a synopsis of that. They had they hadn't won a game forever and um I was playing softball with a bunch of my buddies from uh, Fairmont at the time uh that summer and then leading into that fall and we uh, I I don't remember exactly it might have been against uh, I'm just guessing here maybe against Cleveland uh but somehow we weaseled out a win first time ever uh, it's my first coaching win. You know it's I'm sorry that I couldn't tell you this is the date. This yeah. is who we played. This was the score. I'm not that kind of a guy, right? I don't. I can't tell you stats and numbers and and whatnot. Uh, that's just not how God's wired me. But um, we won. Okay. So and it was in a downpour and literally uh, all my my buddies. We just and I just remember sprinting Benny <laughs> and just like sliding for about thirty yards uh, out on that on that field and and it was just a great memory. And what I would say, my time there you talk to anybody uh in that history um i felt that i brought just another level of 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 accountability i brought a level of of expectation the fact that we are gonna win um there's there's tons of memories i have pete stromberg peter stromberg one of the i tell you what you want to talk about that 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 athlete uh no doubt about that a name by the name of josh jaskolke one of the unbelievable guys i tell you what i couldn't tell you what he could bench press but he can pull a giant 
John Deere tractor out of a mud pile. Oh, yeah. And that's just the kind of guys that I'm, that I tell you, I was just uh, Andy Cassens, Brad Matson, Brad Haugen. These are the guys that literally just, um, I rejuvenated and, and not to pat myself on the back, but I just, football was all of a sudden relevant in that community. And like you said, those small communities just rally around their sports. And it just, I just brought energy and focus. And uh, we just had tons of, of fun. Uh, and like I said earlier, is is we played nine man throughout the course of the year. And then because of our enrollment size, we actually had to jump up a level and play in 11-man playoffs. And we actually won a playoff game yeah. uh, in that 11-man. And, and that was one of uh, one of our greatest feats. I remember, uh, like it was yesterday, going down to Leroy, Leroy Ostrander. Just to, I mean, they had won like maybe nine or 11 um, in nine-man playoffs and uh, in, in, in titles. And we go down there one night and uh, we beat them. I, mean, I don't remember a record. We might have went like seven and three or eight and two that my, my one of my last years there and it was just it was fun right i mean yeah. it was just like it was our show we just i mean I, I i just we had all these farmer guys that you bring your lunch pail because we are going to just absolutely get after it play after play after play and 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 uh, rally the community around it I, I just throw a quick shout out to i remember bruce brockman was a big fan kevin brockman yeah. was a running back for me bruce i got him hey bruce will you at least mow the field for me so i don't have to do it myself i mean these are schools benny as you know you got to mow your own lines you got to paint your own lines i mean you got to tape ankles you got to drive the bus uh i mean you are everything under the sun including the head football coach absolutely no it's a uh, uh it's it's fun to coach small town ball for sure and you get you have really personal relationships with all those kids right um but then like you know just for me applying for jobs out here now in the phoenix metro and then being like oh yeah we got 22 coaches on staff we got a director of football operations i'm like oh so i just get a coach football right and they're like yeah that's all you got to do it's an incredible change of pace but it's so uh it's just fun to hear those and i uh, will i'll share a quick story because you talked about accountability and I was thinking about while we were doing this interview, and it was the one thing that you really that I could hang my hat on and say, yeah, Troy Cody taught me that. And I will say 100% it is accountability, and it was our our uh, freshman year, and it's the one thing that I probably took as a coach from you, uh, Dirty 30s. Um, you made us do two sets of Dirty 30s because the freshman locker room was an absolute sty. And we all knew, and there's going to be guys, Justin Heinrich, you know, a couple other guys that will listen to this. that will be like, yeah, you know, he, he, we didn't, we didn't do it. And we knew we didn't do it. And we blamed the cross country kids because they did do it. And you said, I don't care who did it, but you didn't pick it up. And now looking back is that's probably why I get so pissed off when people leave their shopping carts all over. Right. Like it's, (laughs) hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I, I tell you, one of the, uh, one of the things that has, was wired about me is, is that, is that this, right. Um, you know, arguably, uh, X's and O's and you can talk records and, and I think, you know, I'll just let my track record speak for itself is that, um, one thing that I knew I could always control as a head coach, right. External factors. Uh, I just, I tried to focus and zero really laser like on the things that we could control as a coaching staff and and what i could instill in our players is the fact that i can i I can always instill in the fact that our actions will dictate our success and so whether that's inside the locker room like you're speaking of whether how we carry ourselves in the community uh what we do and how we bring our efforts to uh to to uh the practice uh you know those will all then infiltrate outside uh because here's the deal right We've all come and gone as coaches. Players are going to have four years in high school. I don't even know the number. You can have your Jake Google it, but it's like maybe 4% are going to ever play college ball or whatever the case may be, right? But at the end of the day, we get to control how we're going to respond to that. So that's attitude. We can control our effort, what we bring. We can uh, control what ultimately happens to us inside of our own locker room and, and how we portray ourselves. So when we talk about accountability, that's what it is. You know, when you're biting down on that mouth guard and the guy's hands right next to you on the line, that's the accountability that we talked about uh, throughout the course of my career as a head football coach. Yeah, no, I'm so thankful for that. And um, 
Yeah, it's just one of the it's one of the very many memories that does stick out. And you talked about how you how you dress. You know, my brain works a little different. I remember being at picture night and some kid wore tore up jeans, and you're like, "That's not how we dress here." And I like it's just little things like that that do stick with you. And but it's it's what makes sport right. And it goes back to I would have never got into coaching if I didn't have the coaches I had. And you're you're part of that list. And there's so you can help out so many people. And I'm so thankful for that. So I appreciate you so much. Um, but as we switch gears, what was this? What was the jump from Grenada to Fairmont like? What was that summer? Like, knowing that you were, I mean, you're not really going anywhere. I mean, you, I don't know, you guys probably lived in Fairmont. Yeah, well, okay, so Michelle and I at the time, uh, when we moved, uh, just to backtrack uh, just a little bit, so Michelle and I got married, I said, we were out in Idaho. We lived actually in some of you apartments in Fairmont yeah. while we were in uh, Grenada. And uh, a quick shout out to Kyle Duclos. Now, that's probably a name you don't really resonate with, but I taught with him one year at Grenada. So my first year as a head coach, and then uh, was his first year as a teacher, and he was my assistant, and then he went, to uh, Walker, Minnesota. So we're still lifelong friends, right? Yeah. So we experienced that one year together. So uh, let's just fast forward till like maybe 98, 99. I had Jerry Brooks courting me to come to Fairmont as a math teacher. Okay. And of course, I am, um, I, I always attached a little string. Is there a football job with it? Yada, yada. And so 98, I almost pulled the trigger. I didn't. 99, we ultimately did. Uh, that was Jim Simser's last football year. So I, I taught uh, in Fairmont and coached under Coach Simser for one year. Okay. Brad, Brad Johnson and I, that one year, Benny, we coached the freshman team. So Brad Johnson and I coached the freshman team. Now, if you got listeners, for example, Chris Gerhardt, Yep. Uh, Alex Schmidt, okay, uh, Jeff Simpson. These guys were freshmen. Tyler Horky, by oh, the yeah. way, who's a coach now as well. These guys were freshmen under Brad and I, okay? You want to hear some fun stories? Listen to those guys. And this is not a knock on Coach Simber uh, at all, but I tell you what, I brought that head coaching mentality to that freshman team, and those guys. I mean, I was busting chops, and we were we were we were one of the best freshman football teams. I mean, we were decked to the nines, and then we were up and up downs in the whole nine. I mean, our our varsity team was calling it close shop at about five twenty, five thirty, and we were just getting into team O. You know what I, I mean? Love and it. So we, I mean, it was just so. If you ever give Brad Johnson a chance to talk, talk to him, ask him about that one year. Uh, so that was Coach Simser's last year. We were freshman coaches, and then Coach Simser uh, retired, and then uh, I actually interviewed for the head job, uh, and uh, that's when Coach TG uh, Jerry TG got the job for two years, and then. Uh, he had resigned and then one more time uh, second time was a charm on that one knew a little bit uh, what things to say and more importantly the things not to say yeah you know? yeah, yeah uh, and yeah, that's a wink a wink wink uh, <laughs> in that regard um, they made the wrong call uh, that that time but uh, in, and so then I interviewed a second time and then so I was three years as an assistant in in Fairmont and then that's when I got the head job uh, that would have been the fall of 02 or the spring of 02 and then my 02 was the first year that I was a head coach in Fairmont. Sure. Uh, fun times. I mean, how, so you and Johnson, uh, obviously Johnson's still there calling the defense for bones, right? Uh, was it anybody else around that? Oh, okay. So, uh, and you know what? I was, oh, I'm so ticked at myself. I actually um, was going to bring a picture I have in my office at, uh, at school. When you hear the names like, for example, Todd Rather, uh, Todd Sikulski, yes. um, Gary Anderson, Jared Thompson, Brad Johnson, um, I think I already mentioned Souk. Bones was on my staff, obviously, as well. I, uh, when he came to uh, Fairmont from St. James, I uh, I put him in as our quarterback's coach as well, too. Um, but, yeah, those are just some of the, the – uh, uh, the oh, Seth Becker. Uh, yeah. How can I forget Seth Becker? <laughs> how could you? <laughs> uh, hired, hired and works with Seth Becker. And that was just the culture that I was wanting to create, right? This concept of family. Uh, but the, these guys would be the first one to tell you that, uh, you know, I was, there was no problem. And I had absolutely no problem separating the difference between our friendship 
and the fact that you were a coach that I'm holding accountable. So when I got little freshman Benny Semph jumping offside for the sixth time, you know, uh, the coaches are barking at him as we watch, watch it on film, and I'm saying, that's on you as a head coach because Benny Semph's not jumping offsides just uh, out, out of instinct, right? right. He, you're – that's happening in practice and that's on your watch. And so, you know, clearly I was probably a little bit uh, difficult to, to coach under because I also not only held our players to that standard, I held our coaches to that standard as well. Yeah. But I think it goes to show in the success. I mean, it's something that I'm always proud of, right. Is being from Fairmont. And then I'm sure you can like, just like from you to bones like this, there's not been a whole lot of down years and you don't see that in rural America where there's usually a couple where you going to fall off for a couple years that's not a thing and it's like just the support that's in Fairmont football but that had to come from somewhere because I know where you were coming from where the TG years those were down years right and you had to bring it back from something what's I mean what's that like being I mean really you're probably one of the only Fairmont coaches that was an outsider and, and 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 here's what I would tell you, you know, I referenced those three years, Benny, uh, when I was an assistant, uh, coming from a head coaching role. That was a little difficult for me, right? I mean, you think about calling your own shots and and having the say, and and at the end of the day, having fifty one percent of the say, right? Um, you know, when decisions were being made that were out of my control, you know what? Here's the deal: you will not find a more loyal guy. Than, than myself. And and at the end of the day, you're going to hear my uh, two cents. You're going to hear my opinion. But when we walk out of here, I'm absolutely your guy. And so those three years really resonated. And quite honestly, I was able to really assess the situation of, of the of the program and where it was at transitioning from Simser, who, I mean, let's not even kid ourselves. Jim Simser, by far, uh, him and obviously Coach Mahoney, Two unbelievable, I mean, statues with these guys, right? I mean, right. we're talking unbelievable Fairmont. When you talk Fairmont football, uh, those two absolutely are at the at the top. And and so being able to transition from them, knowing the current state of the situation and the program, knowing where I uh, had a vision of where it was going to go to and where I needed to be, I really was able to establish a front foundation. And I think I had a good pulse year one on where we were at, what we needed to do. Uh, that's where I obviously started to uh, create a good solid staff, uh, create that culture. We, uh, the program was a little bit out in disarray, the accountability. We had fallen off a little bit in that regard um, just to reestablish the fact that we are going to be people first and then football will follow and, um, you know, helping our coaches understand that. Uh, that I started the early conversations with our Fairmont Football Association. I know we needed to get lower into the ranks uh, meeting with our junior high coaches and saying this is the way our program is going to be vertically seven to 12. So, I mean, I felt like I had my hands in a lot of different pots and spinning a lot of plates at the same time and casting that vision, you know, and just, you know, God had a different plan for me. I tell you what, if, if, uh, if I hadn't been called to Fargo, uh, there's no doubt in my mind, I would still be, uh, you know, chewing on grass and blowing at whistles <laughs> and inviting referees out for lunch on Friday nights. Yeah, absolutely. Now I, I mean, I remember that day well when you told us you were moving to Fargo, but before we move from that, I was going to ask, you went through something pretty unique that probably a lot of people have forgotten about, but for like two years there towards the end of your career in Fairmont, they decided they didn't want to have conference football anymore. And they came up with the, what was it, Southern Minnesota Alliance or something? Okay, sure. So, for the record, it was a fall of 05, right? It was yeah. a Southern Alliance. Yeah, there wasn't any conference football. So, it was a Southern Alliance. Uh, by, by the way, uh, finished the year 10 and 1, right? And, and, <laughs> and I tell you what, Benny, my head hits the pillow every night uh, thinking about that fall. And if there was ever a team that oh. Fairmont was going to close the deal on, it was that team right there. And uh, 100% of the blame right here. Uh, uh, on why we lost to Worthington in that uh, section final, but that's uh, another story. Uh, but that, yeah. So Southern Alliance, and and so that was the first year that they they uh, created this Southern Alliance, and it was Jack. That's where they brought in Jackson County Central and Marshall and Worthington as well. Uh, we we played, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it 
we still played the Blue Earths of the Wells, St. Peter and New Ulm, and, and uh, it was uh, kind of a unique situation and how that Redwood Valley was in there as well, too. Uh, but it was certainly a unique fall. Uh, but we were just like, you know what, just uh, get us a – Randy Soam was the AD at the time. Just get us a, a, a schedule and tell us where we're going, what time we need to be there, and uh, we'll show up and, and, uh, and tee it up. Absolutely. Do you remember how any of that or why any of that ever came to be? I'm not the guy that asked that question, Benny. Here's the deal. I just certainly, uh, you know, there was, I, I don't, you know what? I'm just going to tell you, and I don't, I, I, I don't know the answer to that question uh, and what that unfolded. Uh, Cause I couldn't even honestly tell you what the conference was prior to uh, the Southern Alliance. I don't even, to be honest with you, I don't even know what the conference is called right now and, and what that looks like, but there's just, here's the deal. I, I could tell you this now I'm in school administration up here. There's just so many different things. And, and every two years they reshuffle the cards, right? Yeah. Uh, and they do the same thing in North Dakota as they do in Minnesota. Every two years, they kind of shuffle the cards and you, you take school uh, populations and you kind of shuffle them and move them around so that you want the most relevant, uh, you know, people playing uh, in that regard. So, yeah, absolutely. Puppy, huh? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, touch a little bit on that 05 team. I remember, I mean, that was, I mean, that was my eighth grade freshman year, eighth grade year, I think. And uh, I mean, that was a buzz around town. Those guys were good. I mean, I still, it's funny because I still, it's fun. You know, you grow up and you look at these guys and you kind of, you know, you, they're kind of mortal to you, right? Like, you know, oh my, you seeing Mike Wubina in the hallway. And, and, so time out, ready? Remember yeah. what I talked about earlier? What was I trying to create here, right? Benny? Right. I was trying to create this tw- seven, 12. That's exactly what I wanted, right? I wanted fifth and sixth grade boys. And I don't know if you remember this, but every Saturday morning, no matter how we played, if we won or lost on Friday, do you know where my dudes were Saturday morning? At flag football. Chains. That's it. absolutely. They were holding the chains at flag football and trying to create that enthusiasm and that momentum. And I don't care if your toe was hurt or you had a sore hamstring or whatever, we are going to give back to this community and that's what we're going to do. So what you're speaking of feeds into exactly what I'm trying to create. And so when you think about names like Mike Wubin, right? Kurt Erickson, yeah. you talk about Kurt Erickson and, and the, what he brought to the table. I mean, beast, right? Ryan Elbert and uh, Matt Osmus and, and Pat, Paget and uh, you know and Jake Pyman and Paul Mallory and, and uh, Clutzy and and uh, man they just uh, Jordan Hands uh, all of these names these are just that was an unbelievable team uh, first year they created that alliance uh, I think we go like maybe eight and zero. Uh, in the regular season and uh, made a decent run. I mean, that's the first year, one of the first years the QR, QRF was created yeah. and we were really high in that area. Uh, probably one of the greatest football games that I've ever been associated with is we go up to Marshall, Minnesota, and uh, they were ranked one in the state. And uh, and I think maybe Schultz has pa- broken the record since then, but it's when uh, Eric Hewson threw five TD passes, which was the uh, record, the school record for quite some time. We go up there literally um, – oh, how can we forget this? Kyle Sheehan also transferred yeah. in. Kyle Sheehan transferred in, uh, ended up going to the University of Purdue. Just kind of a unique story with that. Uh, connection to Jim Udemark is how he got there. But anyway, so we go up to Marshall, and we actually just lay the wood to him, Benny. We go up there and lay the wood to him. I think Hugeson goes maybe 21 to 24 for about 256, five tutties. Uh, but just, yeah, one of the greatest uh, games that, I, that I've ever been associated with. And unfortunately, Unfortunately, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's uh, we lost to Worthington in the section uh, finals. They had, we had beaten them earlier in the year. They had some kids that uh, some uh, some athletes that had uh, uh, not been available earlier in the year due to some of their behaviors. Crazy uh, behaviors. Just, I mean, I know yeah. that none of them are going to list some of those stories from those guys that sat out those Worthington games. I'm sorry to cut you off like that, but that is some crazy stuff to hear about from high school football. Yeah, and so then they ended up really. They were they were a really good team. I mean, that, it was one of Worthington's best years as well too. And fortunately, they they had a number of players that had had to sit out due to violations earlier in the year. So I think they were like maybe 
500 coming into the playoffs and they were just catching their momentum and ultimately uh caught us on a down night and uh you know and and we ended up losing to them uh, at home uh and it was one of those deals and i kid you not benny you you play that game uh 10 times and we went eight out of the 10 times and they just caught us on an off night and quite honestly like i said earlier i take full responsibility for that loss uh it just it's one of those nights that that i just as a coach you look back on and you just like second guess so many different things and i would have done this differently or whatever but anybody uh that watches your program that's connected to that fall they know exactly what we brought to the table that night was not our best right. and and unfortunately that's just that's about sports right and for sure just gave us an opportunity to uh to talk about you know life at the end at the end of the day is is not always uh what it's meant to be and you got to react and, and respond accordingly absolutely i was gonna ask you you did and then you mentioned him because it's such a thing down here is I'm trying to adapt myself to this new style of football, especially in a metro like this, right? Like kids are transferring all over. Kids are coming from Texas, from California, playing Phoenix at these different schools. What was that like having somebody the caliber of Kyle Sheehan coming into your little bitty 3A program? Yeah, come on, right? Okay, so here, here's the story behind that one. So, uh, Jim Udemark, obviously, uh, many of your listeners who are still in the Fairmont area know Jim. So, uh, uh, Kyle's mom, Jane, was originally uh, had a connection to, to Jim Udemark, and and um, so. She had a, a son by the name of Kyle Sheehan, and Kyle went uh, again. We talk about coach player relationships. I still talk to Kyle to this day. Uh, I still talk to players uh, back uh, from my time in Idaho. So, I mean, that's really to me uh, the mark of a successful uh, individual yep. uh, who gets the privilege to coach football is, is really uh, what, what true the measure of success is. But anyways, so it might've been uh, early August where uh, Jim gives me a call and talks about uh, uh, he has a nephew coming to town. And I'm like, all right, you know, yeah, this sounds good, you know. And he's coming to us from Georgia. And 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 one of the things, if you t- ever talk to Brad Johnson, he'll always tell me there was always these stories of this guy's coming out for football, this guy's coming out for ball. I, I would always tell him, you know what, I, I could give who – about it until I see the whites of their eyes on the first day of practice. And you know what? And I'm not going to plan any differently. Well, Jimmy says, ah, Troy, this guy's a player. And I'm like, all right, Jim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You bet. Okay. All right. Oh, he's got a full ride to Purdue. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> hey Jim, uh, can we meet for lunch? You know? And so I got to know the story a little bit. So Jane and Kyle uh, were in uh, Gwinnett, Georgia. And uh, again, your viewers can look uh, down in Gwinnett, Georgia, one of the top football programs in the SEC. Gwinnett, Georgia, right? And so Kyle uh, had been offered a full ride and accepted and was headed to Purdue. And, uh, you know, just uh, his story was and journey ended up that his senior year, he ended up in, in Fairmont. And so literally uh, first part of August, uh, maybe a week or so before the first day of football, guess what, Benny? There's a D1 uh, 6-3 235, 485, bench presses, maybe 360, squats, you know, 470, dropped right in the middle of your lap. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, boy. And so, but if you think about the dynamics and the chemistry of a team, right? I mean, you're talking 11 players. That's one of the hardest things to do as a head football coach is to uh, to build a team culture because you got more players, right? You talk about basketball coaches, you know, they gotta they gotta get that chemistry with five players working at the same time, you know, and and some of this concept uh, as well. And so, but in this case, Kyle was just an unbelievable player. He had a great season with us. Uh, ended up uh, earning, you know, obviously many accolades and in, in, uh, in our conference and then went on to play at Purdue just for a year and then transferred to South uh, Dakota State in Brookings, had a great career there. I was able to follow him uh, through his time at Brookings. He came up to Fargo here a couple times and played, <laughs> won the Dakota marker up here. Still yeah. gives me a hard time. We texted, obviously, this past year because the Jacks obviously beat the, the Bison for the uh, national title there as well, too. But, yeah, just a fun story you know god just 
got an uh, unbelievable way to unique to, to just to orchestrate things in life. And, and uh, you know, I'm super thankful that uh, Kyle and I are continued to be uh, connected or even long after uh, I was able to be his coach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll never forget seeing him the first time in the hallways. He heard like the lore, right? Like the hallways talk and it's not a big school. And then there's probably the biggest human to date that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, he's going to play football here. Like, holy, yeah. you know, uh, is he not just like, I mean, you talk, I mean, I, I'm feeling good here, Benny. Right? Yeah, I mean, you're I looking some, good. I got some beef, but I mean, Sheehan was next level. Like he came in. I remember some of the stories, uh, cause right. That was also part of the deal as I instilled that six 30 AM three days a week. And I had to work with Kyle a little bit on that because, you know, he, sometimes he overslept his alarm and back to my accountability point. Point. You know, if you didn't uh, hit the mark sometimes that, you you know, you just didn't get to play. And so I had to massage that a little bit. And so you're always, you know, juggling the importance of that. And um, so he, he literally, some of our dudes had no, like Brody Padgett thought like he could lift a lot. Matt Osmus, right? The Oz. Yeah. I mean, he was the dude. He was, Oz was the dude in Fairmont <laughs> until, until she shows up. And then Oz is like, oh man, this guy's putting on not one, but two more players plates than me so yeah. yeah it was uh yeah i can about imagine what it looked like through the eyes of a seventh grader oh my gosh yeah it was insane yeah absolutely insane um uh, yeah that was so i mean just so much fun to see it and then obviously when we would go to the sdsu team camp Sheehan would always be when he was out there then he was always kind of lined up with us and took a little extra pride and you know making sure we weren't pussies you know whatever he, he got on us a little bit you know which I'm sure yeah. you know a point of pride you're at that camp and your high school's out here right so he made yeah. sure we won the little jackrabbit competition but no good stuff I mean so many fun fun memories of that and and going through your program there uh who was your who do you think the best athlete you got to coach in Fairmont was Oh, geez. You know, I, I watched uh, your episode. You asked bones this question and, and here's the deal. That is super hard to, uh, to answer as a coach, right? Because like, if you're talking like athletically, that's different than a football. Right. right. I mean, you went, I mean, because there's just so many different dynamics and, and I thought a little bit about this, like, honestly, and, and you might find this to be a little bit funny, but like pound for pound, the name does the name Marcus Taplin ring a bell? Oh my god, the, tap? the tapper, man! I mean, you talk about tapper was like maybe five foot two, but this guy had a heart and a desire to be successful and just to, despite anything. So I mean, like pound for pound, like tapper's right up there. But I'll tell you this: like um, Mike Wubina, and 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 I don't care what anybody says, Mike Wubina was literally. Uh, one of the greatest football players athletically. I mean, guy won a state wrestling tournament. And, and I mean, just like, so he is absolutely up there uh, and, and near the top. I mentioned this name earlier, Kurt Erickson. Yeah. And I don't know. I think Kurt might even be a dentist in uh, Fairmont. I think knowledge. he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I mean, you talk about a guy that you could. Kurt studied so much film uh, that, and, and, and that was the other thing back to the things, the culture that I changed, like literally I want to give a major shout out to a guy by the name of Bruce Abbott's. Oh yeah. Um, I tell you what I saw with the capabilities of what Bruce could do. And like literally by Friday at uh, 2 AM uh, I would have, 17 DVDs of the game and uh, would be passing those out. Curtis, Kurt Erickson by Saturday by noon had watched the, 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 the previous game. And then I'd get the, again, Saturdays I'd cruise. I'd have to do the old film exchange. There was no huddle, right? right? I mean, like I would meet different coaches, like halfway we'd exchange VHS. I'd bring it back. Bruce would pop it in and then burn me like six, seven, uh, 10 copies. I'd get those to coaches by Sunday night. I'd, burn 15 more and give them to the players or whatever. That's just the way we did things. And so Kurt Erickson in that era, he watched more film than Brad Johnson. And that's a statement because yeah, yeah. Kurt would come out by Tuesday. He would look at sets and he'd see motions. And this guy was like a coach on the field. So when you say best athlete, I mean, just football players, Kurt Erickson was certainly uh, up there as well, too. Um, you know, the, the other, the other quick name that you could probably throw out there, which not too many people would, would remember in, in, in that regard, but you think of a guy by the name of Jordan Hens. 
And I don't know if you remember Jordan Hill. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Jordan? Yep. Uh, Benny, this guy, pound for pound, uh, would hit you. I tell you what, I mean, if there was ever a guy that I wanted in a hit and drill, uh, certainly uh, Jordan Hens was was a part of that. I mean, I could throw so many names out there. Brody Padgett, Matty Reeve, Matt Klutz is another name. Eric Houston played quarterback for me. There's an athlete. Uh, you know, funny story there uh, before that year, literally – Two days before football starts, Brad Johnson and I were up on a roof because I don't know if you remember, we used to <laughs> roof uh, all the roofs. time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so Brad and I are up on the roof and, and, uh, uh, Bruce Klutz, uh, shout out to him who did our training, uh, came up and said, Matt Klutz, who I had worked with, who uh, prepped all summer, uh, worked uh, uh, with all of our cadence, uh, talked to all of our plays or, or whatever, worked with him. Oh, him and Matt Reeve, and I don't remember, Eric Hughes, and all these guys are out on the Silver Lake, and they're two boars. Matt Klutz tears his ACL two days before football. This is my quarterback, Benny, literally my quarterback. So what do I do? I get into mode. Uh, I go to my next best athlete, which is Eric Hugeson. Uh, You know, Eric's a basketball player. And so I have to school him up a little bit. And uh, yeah, we had, we had a great season. There's no doubt about that. That was that, that unbelievable year. We get Klutz back later in the year after he had his ACL taken care of and whatnot. But I mean, uh, he's certainly a part of that. You talk about Mike Burhow pound for pound, Brent Sandhurst. You talk about a guy that had probably this much talent, but a heart of gold and would run through a brick wall. Brent Sandhurst, certainly a part of that. Uh, I had guys like Tyler Bear, Brady Lubinow. Brady was a track guy that, you know, just had the golden locks that could yeah. run like a like a 52 flat 400. I got him out uh, for football as well, too. I mean, just Dion Tino, you talk about WWF. I yeah. don't know if you remember the name. Oh, yeah. Dion Tino, there's a guy that, that, I mean, just like would just had a motor that wouldn't stop. Uh, Jesse Walters, another track guy that I got out and just trying to create that culture. So my era, uh, I mean, just, I had just unique characters that certainly I either turned into football players, got them to love football, but we lived, we breathed football. And, uh, you know, and that's just, that's just kind of, uh, when we look back on those years, we look back with quite a smile. Back. Absolutely. Such good stuff. So much fun to, I mean, just like when I proposed that same question to bone, just to hear those names and to hear you guys spark up and talk about them. And, uh, I mean, it's all, it's, it's so much fun to hear the perspectives on those. Uh, take me through a little bit of the decision to move to Fargo. I'm sure it was not easy, but, um, you've done it and you've been extremely successful up there and just go through that so um like i said earlier so like i'm the ninth of ten kids and so one of my older sisters tina uh my dad died when i was seven so my one of my older sisters tina kind of raised me she married a man by the name of kevin olson and so kevin was one of my uh, he just followed me over my career and he was just my best man at my wedding and was just my biggest cheerleader right uh kind of the dad figure that i didn't have well he was struck with uh colorectal cancer and um so the uh, and this is this is no no lie. The fall of 05 that we were talking about, Benny, that very team, they followed us and and uh, went to a, came to a couple of games. Well, November uh, he was diagnosed with uh, colorectal cancer. Benny, ninety days later, he he had, he died, and so wow. uh, and he had two kids, and that just really just kind of shook my world. Uh, we fast forward then uh, the 06 fall of 06 to the spring of 07. Uh, you know, uh, we didn't have the greatest uh, football year that year. Uh, I don't know, I remember maybe finished six and four or whatever uh, after coming off of a 10 and one season. And so just my heart was in a really, really difficult place. And, and so I'm sitting, I kid you not, I'm sitting at uh, my, my brother-in-law Kevin's uh, one year memorial uh, and, 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 in, in 07, in the spring of 07. And uh, Andy Dolan is uh, one of my, my brother-in-law's best friends up here, uh, was a principal at Fargo North at the time. And he had shared with me that the their head football coach position was open and a math position. And that was mine, right? And so it was like, he was like, courting me because he had heard from my brother-in-law that 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 he had his brother in this hotshot brother-in-law math football coach and so he started talking to me about this football job up here in Fargo and I started talking to him and I had just finished my administration degree uh earlier that that year 
And I told him, well, I think I'd probably be more interested in an admin job. Well, I kid you not, like three weeks later, he calls me and says that his AD had resigned. And uh, and so that's the, that's the spring of 07. And, uh, you know, he just kind of starts to court this this uh, relationship. I come up for an interview. My sister is still kind of struggling a little bit from uh, Kevin's death. Uh, I interview for the job. I get offered the job. And then, you know, it's a struggle. I come home. Uh, of course, you know, I'm just uh, here's the deal, Benny. I don't know if you see this. Oh, but yeah. This is a picture above my fireplace of my wife, my beautiful wife, Michelle, and our four kids on Fairmont Field. I mean, Benny, here's the deal this was my life right yeah. fairmont football the community of fairmont was my life right i had poured every blood sweat and tear i had in my fiber to get that program back to where i knew the community expected it to be the expectations i had and the standards for myself this was a tough decision but my sister needed me and and um she was struggling and so you know just prayerfully considered my wife flat out michelle there said not a chance in the world we're going to fargo and literally a week later, we're out at, uh, I don't know, that Mexican place in Fairmont. It might have changed like six names, El Gape <laughs> to whatever. Okay. So so we're sitting down there, and she says, I, uh, I've i got to change your heart. Let's go to do it. And so then I call Andy up here in Fargo and accept the position. And then obviously I start to wrestle with the fact I share with my coaching staff. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, then I just remember that day, Benny, uh, calling you guys all in to to the to the gymnasium that day and uh you know I, i'm a crier i'm a i'm a softy at heart man it doesn't take a whole lot to get me to cry but that day literally when you think about the course of your time to the day of your birth to the day of your death there are some really epic moments in the course of that and that certainly is a day that uh i will absolutely never forget uh in uh, i think it was may maybe may 5th or may 7th of uh, 2007 uh that certainly changed the course of not only my life uh, but my family's life and certainly Fairmont football in general yeah absolutely like I said I'll never forget that um, kudos to you it was I, I mean I remember you saying family's always first and you didn't really share more than that but you, you said I got to go to Fargo and and you did and uh, you know it's obviously worked out well for you and your family and you're doing great things up there and uh, yeah it was extremely wild I guess you know we knew just being a freshman, you're getting excited to to go play for Coach Cody. You know, we're I mean, that's the truth. And luckily we had Bones and, and you trained you trained Bones to be a little you for a while and he's really gone his own way. But I mean, there wasn't a lot of change and it was you know, I'm just thankful as a coach that I had like I said, I had mentors that I can look up to that taught you how to do it right. And there's a lot of things that, that you know, are in the old coach's notebook that taken from you and Bones and all those guys, Suk, Becker, Thompson, you know, Gary, like I appreciate yeah. what you guys did because going to be a coach somewhere and trying to do the same thing and building the best support you can build and have, you know, I, I, at least I could say I put the best guys around the program and that's oh, all yeah, you can you know, do. Yeah. That's, that's so true. You know, and, and I remember watching uh, Matt uh, in, during his uh, uh, interview with you as well too. And, and, and we sat down right. And after this, and first of all, when I met with our staff, it was just like, okay, so do any of you, like, are you, any of you interested in this? Right. And I think Brad toyed with the idea a little bit, um, but he knew the time that, um, and here's the deal at the sacrifice of these people behind my shoulder. Um, I mean, I, I invested probably, uh, unfortunately as a coach, you invest more into your program and to those athletes than sometimes you do to your own family. And I think Brad saw the, what it took to be successful and the commitment bones was a single guy at the yeah. time. Right. And, um, and I think he, he expressed a little bit of an interest. So we coached him up, right? I mean, that's, I, I wanted to see the program continue on that trajectory that I had envisioned and and laid all the foundation and and quite honestly we laid out a a, a program uh, philosophy and helped him kind of navigate the interview a little bit and uh, quite honestly lobbied uh, substantially hard uh, for him to know that uh, indeed this program was in good hands it was almost like plug and play to be honest with you and uh, you know needless to say that they didn't have the greatest success. If you remember Bones' first year, I think he went three and six. Yeah, we uh, did. That, 
Yeah. And, and, but, you know, but because he was still trying to figure his own. And, and when I listened to that interview, right, he still tried to work through some of the things that I had uh, in place uh, with our two tight. And then I was uh, trying to create some new things and, and I would have been a hell of a lot more successful in three and six, but uh, needless to say on that, but uh, you know, but then they switched back to that, that eye. Right. And that yeah. was a little bit of the Mallory stuff that I had rule and with whoops. But um, at the end of the day, he has been able to, Matt has been able to establish his own identity, right? He's Matt Mahoney. He's not Troy Cody, right. but some of those very principles are the same that uh, have been there ever since I started uh, as the head football coach and was the head football coach. You look back at some of those same principles and things that they're doing. They're exactly the same things that, uh, that uh, I was able to instill. Now, obviously he's tweaked it and he's his own person. He's got his own philosophies and, you know, and the, the success that he has a hundred percent attributed to him. But I would like to think that uh, we had a little bit of uh, say in some of the success of that program. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I feel bad for the guys that, that didn't get that taste of what it was like under you. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great place to grow up and I'm thankful for all that. And uh, so what's life like at Fargo North now? Uh, so, uh, real quick then, Benny. So I came up here in 07, right? Yeah. And I was at Fargo North. And so for five years from 07 to 12, I was, uh, an activities director slash assistant principal. So five years I came up here, um, as the AD, um, how would you have liked to have been the head football coach with me standing on the sidelines as the AD? Pressure, right? pressure. <laughs> Knowing that, remember I told you that story that the football job was was also opened at yeah. the same time. And so, uh, anyway, so, no, uh, I got the AD job. Then I hired the head football coach as well uh, as a part of that. So that was five years from uh, 7 to 12. And then in 2012, Fargo has got three comprehensive high schools. In 2011-12, they opened up a brand-new high school called oh. Fargo Davies. And so I interviewed <laughs> for that job. And so I'm the head building principal at, at Fargo Davies. So for this, I think my 11th year then up here, now that I think about it and do the math. So for five years, I was the AD slash uh, assistant principal. So now I'm starting my 11th or 12th year as the uh, head principal at Fargo Davies uh, in Fargo. So, yeah, well, life's good, right? As I talk a little bit about, I'm just going to kind of look over here. You know, I got this picture here. Uh, life's a little bit different, right? When we talk about uh, the kids that I've got, uh, four beautiful children, um, this life's in a different point, right? And, and I miss football. People ask me, this, you know, quite a bit, um, probably earlier in my career than now. Do you miss coaching football? Hell yeah. I miss. I mean, come on. I mean, once a coach, always a coach, but, uh, so there was a little time that I was able to, uh, to just kind of process. And I was grieving to be honest with you. I, I can tell you right now, I have been completely vulnerable. I got into a, a, a state of depression because coaching and, and, and teaching was everything that I had inside of my heart. And I just needed to find a different Avenue for some of those things. And, um, um, you know, I was able to jump in then when my son Isaac uh, got into playing some basketball. Uh, I was able to coach his his uh, basketball team for six or seven years to kind of get my fix there a little bit. Um, how's this? How about this? Right? This is how this is how much of a humor uh, God's got. So here I am as a head football coach, and just I mean, I, I God blesses me with McKenzie, and I don't know if you remember McKenzie, but oh, she yeah. was a water girl. She was in the mitts. I mean, chewing grass. I mean, just you know, and then Hannah, and then Sophie. Now one two but three three girls right i'm like come on i mean you gotta be kidding me i want to be watching film with my boy like x's and o's i finally get my son isaac okay i get up to fargo second grade flag football I've got, I mean, we're six wide, Benny. Yeah. And slants, wheels. <laughs> I mean, we've, I mean, I've got the playbook. I'm emailing out PDFs to the parents, <laughs> you know, requiring. And so all of a sudden, all of these kids, then you got to rotate from center to guard, guard to tackle, guard to tackle, tackle to wide out, wide out to run. I mean, it's required in the rules. My son wanted nothing to do with that. I mean, he wanted, so guess what he ended up doing? He ended up becoming uh, a, all state soccer player. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, and it's just like you talk about having a sense of humor, but uh, life's good in Fargo. It's been uh, definitely a change from the days in, in Fairmont, but uh, certainly look back on those times uh, with with definitely a smile, as I said earlier. Absolutely. No, it's been fun to, to follow you from afar, and especially, like you said, I mean, so Mackenzie's 28, I'm 31, so there's not a huge difference there, and I remember a little bit, and then, but just like, I mean, Isaac, I remember, you can see he's a baby in that picture, that's what I remember, and then to see him grow up, and yeah, I, I remember the soccer pictures all the time, and just crazy, you're right, it is It is funny how God has a humor, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah there's no doubt about that. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about your success. Come on, man. It's it's all it's not about the greatest people we've never met. Let's reverse this a little bit. I just first of all, uh, seriously, uh, we we sit here and 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 talk a little bit about this, and and I'm going to toot your horn a little bit, Benny, because one of the things that makes me most proud is the fact that I can sit here knowing that I've planted a little seed in a guy like yourself and and right life has thrown us a few curveballs and some successes many times uh, some more failures than not but being able to know the success that you're having I mean just brightens my day and knowing the fact that you're sitting in Scottsdale working some podcasts and finding you know your purpose in life and what that looks like you know what super kudos to you and uh, in the things that uh, you're doing. And uh, hopefully you're having a good time, man. Are you? Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate those words a lot. That means more than you'll ever know. I'm having a ton. I'm, I mean, you probably remember back to uh, math class, you know, always uh, talks too much, right? So now look at me uh, behind a microphone talking too much. Uh, no, absolutely. I am having a blast. Um, it was a big move. Um COVID in Minnesota was weird, and I know you were just on the other side of the border from all that, but I'm sure you followed all that, and I was pretty taxing emotionally as a, as a coach, you know, both having two schools, and then, you know, one school could play, and the other school couldn't play, and then the parents are like, well, we're going to play, and it's like, well, no, we're, we're a team, so we're not going to do that, and it just was a very taxing, and Took, just took a big leap, and thank God for, you know, Taylor Catava and Tyler Beck being down here and having some really close friends to lean on down here and, and my girlfriend who I met. and um, Yeah, it's, it's just incredible to be down here and to be in a place and um, still have those connections back home, right? And uh, you just sometimes got to take a leap, and you'll find out what your purpose is. Like you said, you know, uh, the first two years, I've been out two years now of coaching, and – once a coach, always a coach. I missed it like crazy. But I had to leave it for a minute to make sure, like, this is really what I want to do and what I miss. And Yeah, you, you miss it a ton. And then to come back out here and, you know, have opportunities to get back into it, I'm super excited and, and grateful. And But, yeah, I, I appreciate the, the kind words. I'm loving it. It's been a blast to have this our conversation with you. I mean, it wouldn't have happened without this podcast probably, right? I mean, so it's – it's just so much fun to reconnect with people and to share these stories and you know, whatever happens, happens. We've, we've had some success and hopefully, yeah, you know, whatever, but just to be able to have these conversations forever to look back on, um, that's that's the mm -hmm. best part, man. Uh, yeah. so. You know, we, we, we talked earlier before I think we went live is like literally being able to just sit down uh, and, 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 you know, I didn't do like, I think, I mean, what did we, we planned this maybe about a month ago or so yeah. or whatever, just because it worked out. And, you know, and as, as I look at my calendar, I'm like, Oh, that's right. I got to chat with Benny. I'm looking forward to it. Just super excited. And, and then um, the, so like I think maybe Friday night, Saturday night, last week, I'm thinking, okay, what are, what are some questions this guy's going to ask? So literally I just like start doing some Googling and pulled out literally some old files, looked at um, the 05, literally 05 highlight video that Bruce uh, Abbott's by the way I don't know if Bruce does he ever does he ever reach out or whatever that guy is just phenomenal yes. some of the night I, I tell you what the, you wanted the the stiffest blackest cup of coffee go to the Gemini music <laughs> I, I, I tell you what literally I would roll in there Friday nights uh would be there till 2 a.m looking at my next opponent just with their previous films and just and and Bruce will tell you this is that uh, ACAM, David McKnight, yep. I tell you what, you know, God rest his soul. He he was, I don't remember if you remember this, literally, it's a funny story. 
Bruce says, I got this crazy idea. How about we bring these uh, these uh, these cameras in like during halftime and on the sidelines, you know, and uh, and, and, and literally like Dave McKnight's got that camera at his, his A cam. Obviously yeah. the A stands uh, for something on the backside <laughs> because he had that camera everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you did, I mean, just the memories, Benny, the memories from my time uh, in, in Fairmont, uh, man, they are just endless. I, I could, we tell you what, we could have another cocktail and an hour episode just on talking about stories uh, back in the day, but I know, uh, Times pressed, but certainly I'm grateful for the opportunity to just reminisce. There's there's always great memories when you think about uh, you know just my time in, in Fairmont and, and obviously opportunity I had to maybe just even if it was just a little bit Benny to influence some of your life and uh, I just consider that uh, job well done and success. Yeah, you absolutely should, and you did for sure, and. Like I said, just so thankful, and you know, you you obviously set that precedent, and uh, you brought the coaches on that I had, and they made me want to be coaches, much like yourself did. So, um, just thankful for all that, and uh, thankful for this. Yeah, I'm I'm so thankful for your time, and absolutely, we're gonna have to do this again because, like, I mean, just with bones, like we just get talking and. I, yeah, here we are an hour in. It just goes like that, you know, and that's the best part about just, you know, catching up, sharing stories, and that's that's all I want from this, man. So I'm I'm super thankful for you, Coach. Super thankful for your time. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't wait. I'm so glad we're connected again. Can't wait to stay connected, and this will happen again. I got a, got a lot of episodes in the bank here, so we're going we're gonna to line this up again. Don't forget what you told me before we went on here. Yeah, no. Do you remember? Yeah, Coach Cody's coming down for we're gonna get a suite on sixteen next year. Yeah, he's gonna hang out with the boys. We're gonna throw beers on the green. We're gonna have a good time. <laughs> oh. oh, that's good, Benny. All right, man. Sure appreciate you and the work that you do. Tell Jake uh he does a good job behind the scenes, too. I will. Right? I will. Give him a shout out there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Coach. I appreciate right you. Uh thank yeah. you everybody for listening. Please like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, rate five stars, all that fun that's stuff. Be good, everybody.